Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good morning. We're uh, we're a little late this morning. Somebody was running behind. We're a little late. We're always on time. I wasn't running behind. We're here. <laughs> it wasn't me. You were, you were a little behind. Sure, sure. But anyways, as you mentioned, yes, we are here. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Starbucks. Um, hey, fresh off series victory. Split. Series split. Son of a B, you're right. It was a split. <laughs> Close enough. You wanted <laughs> to forget enough. Thursday's game, though. Thursday's game was very forgettable. Yeah, clearly I did. Yeah. I forgot they even played Thursday. Yeah, that's a good forgetting that they played Thursday is a good thing because what was the final score? Like 15 to 1, 15 to 2. Jesus, that's totally out of my head. Wow. <laughs> See, again, it's yeah. good to forget it. Like, I wish I could forget that game. Let me teach you my ways. But, anyways, fresh off a series split. That's, I mean, these days, that's good enough for a Pirates victory. Um, I'll put it this way: five hundred since the trade deadline. They are three and three, baby. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Another way to put it is seven and five in games when Andy Rodriguez starts. Also, that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I mean, just think about the numbers. When Andy starts seven and five, when Austin Hedges is not even on the team, they're three and three. I mean, they're no worse than a five hundred team. Every any way you look at it. He was holding them back. Well, I mean, we kind of been saying it for a while. Like, yeah, whatever whatever defensive gains that Austin Hedges gives you and you lose with going to Andy Rodriguez, it's still you're still gonna make up for it in that uh you don't have a, a literal black hole in the lineup. Right. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. So I'll tell you what. This is a good segue into our first topic. We want to discuss maybe like what we're going to see the remaining of the year. Um, you know, obviously the trade deadline happened. They're not a good team, so it's not like we're looking at playoff first, are we? Are we, Jim? Before I go any further, what? No. What? Come on, they we're not, they just split the series with the first place Brewers. No, we're not looking at playoff berths, but we are looking uh, at like the the rest of the season. The rest of the season matters. You wanna you wanna see this team and at least a few key pieces of this team uh, have life, you know, ending this season. Uh, you wanna feel somewhat good going into twenty twenty four, and and in order to do that, you need to see some performances from some players these last two months, uh, you know, especially from guys who are going to be back and being a, a major part of that team. Yeah, I think uh, like last week, and if not the week before, we discussed how wins are important the second half of this year for certain reasons, right? Um, but let's talk about like actual players that can lead to those wins, what we want to see from them. Um, I, honestly, I think a lot of it starts with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. He's that a little bit, and he's turned it around quite nicely recently. I should actually probably bring up his numbers if I was prepared as a host. But anyways, um, you know, like his turnaround could be pretty big because he let's be let's be honest, Jim. He has not had a good season. He started out very, very hot. You felt very comfortable about Brian Reynolds. This is exactly why you need to extend that man. Then he got extended and wasn't immediately right then, but shortly after he kind of fell off a cliff. And he's been well, since then, he's been very, very below average. I think like a 80 way radio runs created plus something like that. But like basically overall look at the season, 
he's he equals out to an average player, which isn't good as a corner piece. So as of late, though, he's been pretty hot. And I think what would be pretty important is to see a good Brian Reynolds to finish out the season. I think just for him mentally, everything for the team. But like you said, you talked about going forward into 2024. You're going to feel a lot more positive, a lot better knowing that, okay, Brian Reynolds is back. He can't perform. And we're going to need him to be a big piece in 2024. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think he's a, he's a big part of it. You want to go into 2024 feeling good about Brian Reynolds. And in order for that to happen, you need to see uh, you need to see what he's been doing these last two to three weeks. You need to see that continue for the rest of the year. Um, since July twenty first, since you don't have the numbers, um, five home runs, three twenty eight average, three fifty nine OBP, five ninety slugging, all good for a one fifty five weighted runs created plus during that time period. So he's been uh, he's been a very good hitter uh, since July twenty first, and you know arbitrary end dates we can. Yeah, that's 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 what we're using right here but um i like my arbitrary end date but go ahead <laughs> but as far as as far as that goes like he's uh he, he's been playing really well hit the two-run homer yesterday had a had a really good series two homers in this uh this milwaukee series uh yeah he's he's turning it on and you need to see him continue that um in order to kind of salvage the season for sure <laughs> And, um, you know, like you mentioned the home runs, that was the biggest thing too, you know, the outside, like the first few weeks of the home runs, he was still hitting, but a lot of doubles and whatnot. And, you know, that, that was a big talks, you know, we're, what happened to Brian Reynolds home runs? And like you mentioned, there's four home runs right now, the power starting to come back. This is the one thing, you know, when you look at his total season now at this point it's starting to be pretty respectable, you know, we're getting there. So, right. If you finish out August, finish out September, give you two more months, I'm not saying to do this, but like, being back to like Brian Reynolds again. I don't know what it was. Maybe the pressure of the contract, whatever, everything, everything is. I don't know what it is, but those are gone. You see Reynolds is back and you can say, okay, you know what? 2024 could be looking a lot better. Knowing Brian Reynolds is going to be in that corner opposed to him continuing to do this and saying, oh boy, <laughs> you know, what, what is Brian Reynolds now that he signed this big extension? So, um, I guess just to point out there for his total season numbers, 267, 329. He's got a 110 weighted runs created plus a 1.6 war. Like again, those are still not numbers that you want to see with Brian Reynolds with that extension, but by no means do those numbers look and say he's he's fleecing with that extension. Like that's still very mm-hmm. warranted in that money that he's getting paid for. So I mean he's putting together an okay season now. And again, he's got he's got enough time to turn this around and and you you want to see him do that before the end of the year. If he can at least put up last year's numbers, essentially, um, you you feel a little bit better. Sure. Who uh, who next do you want to see things from? Um, you know, it's really a couple other veterans. You know, and yeah, like the young guys are important, but so are the so are the older guys. Um, Kim Brian Hayes, you would really like to see just like some thing at the plate from him um you don't need him to hit like 2020 you don't need you don't need any of that but you do want to see some form of production and consistency from q brian hayes on the offensive side of things otherwise like i mean i think at this point like hayes is what he is and that's a light hitting glove first third baseman but like they need just a, they need a little more out of him. They need something, just anything from him offensively, and they're not getting it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's been quite disappointing with Cabrian Hayes. And with that said, we weren't expecting twenty twenty Cabrian Hayes. We pretty much have came to a conclusion of he's just not going to be that good of a hitter. Now, granted, you saw this offseason. You came in the spring, and you were intrigued by a little bit, and maybe. You were hopeful that he could be a a decent hitter, right? But he's regressed pretty much year over year. Like that's the problem. It's not so much that even like mm-hmm. Brian Hayes is here and he's still just doing this light hitting stuff and has a good, you know, good glove or whatever. I mean, we'll throw out the 2020 season because that was all short. That was just weird, anyways. But 2021, 87 way to runs credit plus, 2022, 88. This year he's at a 75. Like he's batting 243. 
279. By the way, was your leadoff hitter for quite some time. 279, 377 slugging, uh, just five home runs, nine stolen bases. You just can't simply, again, like you can't. We understand the glove plays. The glove is going to be his calling card, but you have to have some resemblance of offense, something. Or else, again, like he is Jared Triolo. He's a much better version of Jared Triolo. But I know it's a little hyperbole, but, but like that's where we're at. <laughs> but the, the the offensive production this season is extremely concerning because I think you could live with it when it was hovering around ninety. You know, like it was it was you didn't you didn't want it, but you right. could live with that from him based off of the glove. When that when that weighted runs creative plus dips below eighty you're getting into like you are a borderline major leaguer territory now. Um, again, the defense is still carrying him like from a war standpoint, but you just, you need something from him offensively. I mean, a 75 way to run to create plus. It's just, it's not acceptable. Like plain and simple. Like he's gotta be better than that. Um, so these last two months, they gotta like he's gotta show some some sign of life. Yeah, because he did it for he did it for like three games, and then that was like the that was like the only time we've been optimistic about Brian Hayes really all season long. He adopted this toe tap, and everybody got all yeah. crazy thinking you know he's back, and it lasted a weekend. It really did, and uh, uh, like to the extreme. Now, obviously, there's not like two upper prospects that are ready to take his spot, but it's the Austin Hedges effect. Like I understand like the defense is a calling card. The defense is very important and that's, what's going to carry him and such, but you have to have something because this off, like you can't do it with this team. You just can't have a bunch of gloves and no bats. You know, if he, if he, if, if he was on the Texas Rangers, sure. That that's the guy you seeking. Ironically enough for the team that acquired Austin Hedges, you know, but like the, the Rangers have a very good offense. If he was with, the Atlanta Braves, right? They could sneak into Brian Hayes because that offense is going to carry them. That's fine. But when you're a team like the Pirates, who doesn't have any offense, you got to get something from him. And, and right, like you're talking about here right now, at this point in time, 79 games, he's got one war. I mean, he's at a two-war pace right now. That's an everyday player, but that's like the borderline of an everyday player. That's what we're talking about. So if he's like any worse or he has to take any more time off, you know, like that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, a three-war player is different than a two-war player. It's not a whole lot, but it makes you think like, okay, you're comfortable. Even with this bat, he's a three-war player. He's good. There could be some improvement. And now you're in the territory of it's not really an everyday day guy. Yeah. I mean, if the if the bat if the bat stays like this, the contract won't be terrible in that like they will probably get the value out of it. Mm-hmm. But you sign that deal to get surplus value out of that contract, especially and, that deal. I mean, we yeah. all thought about that time. Even mm-hmm. still, is like wow. Yeah, like the, the deal is not going to be a bad deal, but it should be a good deal. Like that deal should have been a good deal for the Pirates, and in order for it to be a good deal, he's got to hit close to league average. If he's hitting close to league average, then that deal's so good. Um, but just not seeing it right now. And I mean, he's he's getting he's he's still somewhat young in, in the you know when you're looking at sure. major league baseball players and when they figure things out. Like he's 26. He's got he's got time, and the Pirates are going to have to play him for the foreseeable future. So you just hope that he figures it out. I I I still have confidence in him just based off of the makeup, the athleticism. Like I, I kind of refuse to believe that someone with this skill set can't just figure it out at some point. Yeah. I just have no idea when that point's going to be. And, and it might be when he turns 28, might be 29. Like maybe he's like, Yandy Diaz was kind of like that, you know, and this is kind of who we, who that, that's who I compare him to. Like we need, we need that, that kind of, we need that light bulb to go off in his head this off season at 
and come into next year knowing how to hit. And that's the thing that Cabrian Hayes presents. Like he has all the tools to do it. And that's why this year you're kind of excited because you know he's buying into the analytics and he's starting to pull the ball a little more. You know, there's a lot of change to swing, and okay, this is gonna be the year. Like you said, he's young enough. But also part of it is this back issue. Like, is that what's really preventing him from being that much? Again, we're not talking about a, a plus plus hitter, but like is that a is that what's making him not be even a 90 way to run script plus guy that you're talking about, right? 10% below league average. Um, and if that is the case though, like that's, that's starting to become a thing. And that's, what's unfortunate, yep. you know, 2021, 96 games, 2022, 136 this year, 79 right now at this point. Um, you know, is that, is that just going to be what you live with also? And now you're getting to the point with, there's just a lot of stuff that you have to live with to have to Brian Hayes. And again, it's not that it's, it's bad, but it's not great. It's not great, Bob. <laughs> uh, and that's just kind of the thing, right? That's something you have to live with. And now, granted, you got to find offense elsewhere. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Cabrian Hayes, definitely a guy. I want to switch over to another vet here, Mitch Keller. This is the guy that you thought was fixed. Mitch Keller is good again. We had the one-year anniversary creep up. We had Steve Nesbitt on to talk about Mitch Keller. And you know what's happened ever since, by the way, Jim, ever since we had Steve Nesbitt on, what Mitch Keller has done. Uh-oh. Quite literally. I think it's the, I think it's the Nesbitt curse, by the way. But we'll since, have to let him know that there's a Nesbitt curse. Yeah. Since Nesbitt came on the show, Mitch Let's Keller, 5-9-2 ERA in 76 innings. That's the Nesbitt good. curse. That's the Nesbitt curse right there. It is. No, that's, that's not, not good. That's not good. Um, I, I'm, that's kind of alarming. I, I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah, he has not been a good pitcher lately. He's had a couple like really big blow-up games, too, where before, in the beginning part of the season, when Mitch Keller didn't have it, he still was putting together. like He was grinding away right. quality starts. right? And it was like, okay, he didn't have it today, but he went six and he gave up three. Now he doesn't have it, and he's going four, and he's giving up eight. That's that's kind of the difference now. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, solid season, like if you look at the numbers, but where he was at yeah. Yeah, the end of May compared to now, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty significant drop. I mean, he was an all-star pitcher. Uh, you look at his numbers now; they're not they're not very all star like. Outside, you know, the strikeouts still look pretty good, but yeah, he's uh, he's definitely not moving in the right direction. And it, maybe it's a fatigue thing. He's never thrown this many innings in this amount of time. He's going to break his innings limit this year by quite a bit. Right. I don't know if that's it, but yeah, finishing off the season resembling his his first half um, self would be, would be really nice going into the next year. Yeah, for sure. Seven of the 13 starts, four runs or more. If you're looking at the catchers of the 13 starts, nine by hedges, three by Andy, one by delay. So like the, way, the reason I'm saying that too, it's not as if like the three starts from Andy just came and ballooned everything and Andy's terrible. And of course that's why they're seven to five of Andy. Um, you know, I just want to look like, it, it's not like it's, all these decisions you could like think of and the Pirates are trying to tell you, right? Most of them were by hedges. Mm-hmm. It's been that long. It's It's been quite a bit. And yeah, like it's just been bad. Now we're at the point. Now, it's not that I'm worried, but we saw good Mitch Keller. Now we're seeing, I'm not saying old Mitch Keller, right? But like this isn't the new and improved Mitch Keller. So it's like the Brian Reynolds situation. Like going into 2024, do you feel comfortable again with Mitch Keller? That's why this this like last two months, I think, mean something if we get a resemblance of early on or last season mitch keller you can say okay well at least he's saw enough like you can pencil him be like a number three starter we were talking ace early on right we're talking this is the guy who could be the ace now it's skeens here it's skeens mitch keller wow what a one two and now we're back on the well maybe he's a number three that's like i feel like the importance of what those yeah. last two months are yep i agree um definitely a guy who needs to to turn things around 
from from a younger standpoint, I mean, yeah. I think you know the the usual suspects. You want to see Henry Davis um, hit the ball. You know, basically, you want to see him maybe catch a few games. You want to keep seeing Andy look good behind the plate. Um, Andy's turning, and Andy's bat is turning around too. So you want to see that. Um, O'Neill Cruz. I'd like to see O'Neill Cruz before the end of the year, whether that's the end of this month, whether that's in September. But I want to see O'Neill Cruz on a baseball field doing O'Neill Cruz type things before the end of the year. Uh, and then, you know, I think, I think when it comes to like Leover Piguero and Alika Williams, you know, let's just kind of see what they have. I have, I, I feel pretty good based off of what we've seen from Piguero. Uh, but definitely want to see more of it. I, I'm not quite sure uh, if if he's got the makings to be an everyday starter, but now's the time to find out. Right. I think that's a good point. The middle infield, I think, is pretty important. So you've seen a plethora of players so far. Obviously, Marcano's on the IL for the rest of the season. His time here last year and this year, there's much more to be desired. Castro's already traded off, so he's one less peach to see from. So like I think you said, like Alika Williams and Peguero, those are two certainly guys I want to see. We know Cruz is coming back. We're going to see how Cruz looks when he comes back, which I think is important, right? Heading into 2024. But regardless, like he's he's your shortstop in 2024 for sure. Doesn't that's not penciled in? That's penned in. So outside of that, who will be the second baseman? And uh, I, I like Peguero. I would love to see him rest of the season, like own this and say, okay, you know what, Peguero, Cruz, you're our second, but you know our middle infield. If not, let's see what Lico Williams has. So yeah, like I think this is important for that to, to finally have some middle infield solved because no one that they've been putting out there since the cruise injury has proven themselves, has showed themselves, has said, okay, 2024, I am confident and comfortable with that duo. Yeah, I mean, they've thrown what seems like 10 guys in that middle of the infield in the last two years, not counting on your cruise, and just none of them have worked. So like they need one of those guys. They need <laughs> one person. They need one person to be a major league or like a good major league player. Uh, and so far they're over. So yeah, let's let's move on to the next guys, and that's Williams and Piguero. Let's see what they got. Yeah. Um, and I just think like on the pitching side, let's talk about the guy yesterday too. I mean, Johan Oviedo. He's brought in a lot of intrigue. Right now, he's the best pitcher ERA-wise on the team, by the way. Not Mitch Keller. It's Oviedo. And with that said, there's been intrigue right about him being a starter. He's kind of proven it. He's had a nice little string of starts here. Like, what if he finishes out this season? I'm not talking like on a Mitch Keller run last year, but like, what if he finishes out this season pretty strong? And you're thinking, you know, we 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 talked reliever. We talked he's got stuff, but he's had the command and whatever to be a starter. And it's like, you know what? He's not just a starter. He's actually a pretty good one. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Uh, Johan Oviedo is in the 2024 rotation. Like, Oh, yeah. So, uh, he's been he's been very good. And I think the impressive thing is, yeah, like that first inning, that's been his problem. And he's if he's able to get through that first inning, he puts together really, really good starts. So it's just getting the consistency from him. But yesterday, like 23 starts and 11 of them, one run or less. Like that's that's impressive. Uh, he, three straight wins now for him in, in his last three starts. Three straight games of one run or less. Really nice outing yesterday. You see the upside with him because he, he puts together some good games every now and then. Um, and, and he's just 25. Um, overall, just like you look at just the numbers across the board, it's a solid season for him. Not to pick on you, but to, to pick on the word usage you said, you know, every now and then he puts up a really good game. He actually puts up a really good game a lot more than now and then. Like, that's the thing with him. He puts up a good game very often. It's just when he puts up a bad game, you've lost. Like that game's pretty much out of hand for the most part. Like you talked about how many one one run or less, right? That's a lot. It's just the fact that he also has eight run games and five run games and seven run games. You know what I mean? Like when he's yeah. not on, it's it's gone. Now, we talked about the benefit there is when he's not on, he at least gives you a five so that way you don't kill your bullpen. 
So like, thankfully he's a trooper and does that. Mm-hmm. But if he can limit that, like, that's what we're talking. Like he's, he's a good pitcher, not just a guy when he's on, he's, he's damn, he's as good as anyone on the league. Almost. It seems like. Yeah. So if he can mitigate the big L's, you know, again, this is why I'm, I'm very intrigued with him and right. Like he has, uh, the last, what, one, two, three, four, five. So like he's, yeah, he's had a string of really good games. One there with the five runs, but like, I want to say, I think it's been six in a row. He hasn't give up a, a run in the first inning as well. Um, so I'll, I'll be glad to eat my words on Oviedo. You know, I, I, I think he let's it's turned into, you might as well put him in the rotation and see what he has. Cause the rotation has nothing to, he's going to be a big part of 2024 if they're good. Yeah. Uh, and he's finishing, he seems to be finishing this season strong. Uh, like he's putting together a nice little string of games right now. You're also talking about innings. He's at 131 already as well. Yeah, so he'll finish well above, you know, he'll be at least a qualified major league starter, which, you know, th- there's not too many of those nowadays. <laughs> right, that's true. Um, what I was getting to is, what, 160, 150, it looks like, was his career high in 2019, you know, like in the minors. So um, certainly creeping up on his max there. So, again, good. Good for next year. Uh, <clears throat> what else? Anything else you want to see? Touch on? I think that hits most of it. Um, yeah, I think that hits that hits most of it. Your dog have anything to say? Yeah, the dog or the cat? She's uh, that's the dog just rolling around scratching the door. <laughs> I thought there was a ghost for a second. Your door started swinging back and forth. <laughs> All right. So do we want to get our next uh, topic here? We want to talk about the upcoming series against the Braves. Uh, yeah, we can do Braves next. Is that what we want to do or prospects? I, mean, I was I, I would say work. end with the Braves. Okay, we'll do that then. We'll let's go prospects. All right. Uh, so let's see. What do we want to talk about prospect wise? Um, I guess we should start with the Florida Gulf, Florida Coast League. Yes, yeah, it's, it's called Sorry. the Complex League now, yeah. Leonardo. So it, it, let's let's pick a guy from the Complex League to talk about. Um, I mean, I, I, if I'm picking a guy, I'm going with uh, Michael Kennedy. Ooh, okay. Michael Kennedy, fourth round pick from last year, lefty starting pitcher. Uh, we didn't see him last season. Didn't didn't pitch last year after being drafted, but so far this year, he's still just 18 years old too. He was young. Uh, when he got picked, 18 years old, he's now nine games in the floor in the complex league, uh, 32 and two thirds innings. He's got a strikeout rate of 32.8 percent. He's got a 2.48 earned run average, 3.34 FIP. Uh, again, like he's he's in that uh, he's in the complex league. This is his first t- first taste of pro ball. You gotta like what you're seeing from him so far um i don't he probably finishes the season there i don't know if he he makes his way to bradenton or not but uh really good pro debut from michael kennedy i like it i'm going to shift gears we'll go into bradenton right Shoot, hold on. You want to talk about Lonnie White Jr.? I I do. Yeah, as you should. Sorry, I'm pulling up. Um, he has so uh, again. I think I brought him up a few weeks ago just because he was he's back right and just uh mm-hmm. he was part of that draft class. Keep your eye on him. See what he does. He's definitely well behind. I don't think either of us are really really calling him a prospect this time, but just keep your eye out. Right. So at this point in time. Keeping my eye out. He's had a really hot week. It's granite, right? It's Lonnie White Jr. It's low A, whatever. But with this uh, hot week that he's had, so a little bit more than a hot week. I'm going to go a little bit further back. So since July 28th, even, um, he is batting 294, 400, slugging 794. Now that's the big thing. The, the home runs, all the power, actually. 
So in this time, he's had 10 hits, two doubles. I'm sorry, two, I'm sorry, three doubles, one triple, four home runs. So of the 70 hits he's had in that time frame, he's also had eight of them go for extra bases, right? Four home runs. Um, the guys right now, right, little, little time killing the baseball. Uh, so like I said, something to keep your eye out. Still got a lot of development to come in and play here, right? He's definitely behind, but this is why he was drafted. He's got a lot of tools, um, and he's turning it on at this point in time. Yeah, like you mentioned, definitely behind 2020 draft pick. He's still just 20 years old, though. So, you know, ultimately you look at it and he's not that far behind. Uh, but yeah, you're loving what you're seeing out of him from his first season in, you know, full season ball. Right. Um, Greensboro, if we're gonna if we're gonna go there, uh Bubba Chandler. I know you wanted to talk about him, but he has been uh he's been on another level lately. <laughs> His last four starts. Um let's just pull those up real quick. Uh four no, zero point four zero ERA in twenty-two and two-thirds innings. He struck out twenty-four. Uh, only four walks during that time period. Uh, his start last week, seven scoreless, six strikeouts. The overall numbers are still pretty high for the year because you know he really started off the season on, on, on a bad foot, but he has looked excellent uh, this last month, basically. And... The stuff is really good. Uh, the command's getting better. You're just seeing a lot of progression from Bubba Chandler that you gotta love. I, I was kind of warning people like you gotta be patient with this guy. This is his first season as a full time pitcher. He really didn't pitch a lot in high school. Um, I didn't think his progression would come this quickly. Yeah, he's he looks really good. Um, and he looks like someone who's going to be in double A next year at age 21, which is, is pretty incredible based off of just where he's, where he's at. But the stuff is insane. Uh, he is, uh, he's going to be cracking some top 100 lists by this time next year. I bet. He's already cracked Keith laws, which we all kind of shook our head at. And I think that actually came about before, you talk about the last four starts before that four start even began or whatever. Like it was, it was very head scratching mm-hmm. not to take away from up a channel, definitely talent, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm not sure if this is like, this was the clicking moment and it's all coming together for him, but like it looks and appears that way because it's been talent, talent, talent. Now we're starting to see results and four in a row. It's small sample, obviously, but like it's enough to make you start thinking. It's not like it was just one start. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. And like um, he's, dominating well that's the part right like it's complete domination like you said the point the 0.4 what yeah 0.4 era just one earned run which is a home run by the way uh like he's just just he's dominating right now i don't know from promotion soon but like this is like the if he's now at this point and he's tracking like is this a 20 early 2025 call up bubba chandler who you know again we're getting Mm -hmm. way ahead of ourselves here but Results are now coming. You don't talk about Bubba Chandler strictly by talents and stuff. You actually have to see the results now with it. That's what's really exciting to see. Yeah. And he's pitching in a ballpark that's not really conducive to pitchers. Uh, and he's he's still been doing this last month or so. Yep. All right, Altoona. Who you got in Altoona? I guess that's – is it – no, it's your turn. Your turn. Yeah, it's my turn. It's Altoona. And I feel like with Altoona, it's kind of meh. Um, we could talk about Solomeno. He hasn't been as strong recently. Uh, he, he came out looking really, really hot. But like his last, I think, like five starts, he's given up like two, three, four some runs and such, each one of them. Um, I guess, is there anyone you want to talk about in specific? Yeah, I guess real quick, um, you know, if we're going to talk about somebody, um, Jackson Wolf. That's what I was going to bring up. You know, Jackson yeah. Wolf made his debut yesterday. 
for the Altoona curve. Um, he went 4.2, one earned, just two hits, five strikeouts, a walk. So it was a good debut for him. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm kind of surprised they they put him there. I thought they might push him up to AAA. Um, maybe they're just getting his feet wet in the organization. I I wouldn't mind him wouldn't mind seeing him in Indianapolis before the end of the year. Uh, he's 24 years old. Right. He's already made his major league debut. He's on the 40 man. Maybe give him a couple starts in Altoona, but I would like to see them push him to Indy soon. I'm with it. Uh, but yeah, like I said, just, just to bring it up, he did make his debut. He was part of that trade with Rich Hill um, to San Diego. And yeah, he did make his debut. You worry about the velocity and such. But in his double-A numbers in all of San Diego, uh, what was it? A Yeah, 4.08 ERA in 88.1 innings. So I, I'm with you. You know, like to me, like triple A doesn't matter too much. You're in double A as as Sherrington says, right? You're ready to go to the majors in that sense. So whether it's in the double A, whether it's in, you know, India or whatnot, um, just to kind of see what he does with the Pirates. I just say that because a lot of our topics lately were guys the Pirates have brought over and identified something and have made them better. So it's kind of like you're you're looking at Jackson Wolf right now, just seeing if if there's something the pirates have identified with him as well, you know. Um, back to the Brucky. It's like he's like the the guy right now, right? When he was with the Cubs in the minor leagues, it was terrible. But he came over to the Pirates, his minor league numbers were actually pretty decent. So yeah, again, like, is there going to be something we see out of Jackson Wolf that makes you a little more intrigued than what you were at the time of the trade? Agreed. And um, if we thought there was nothing intriguing in Double A. <laughs> Do we want to go to Indy? Yeah, I mean, probably the only the only real interesting guy there right now is probably Jared Jones. Yeah, um, you know, we've talked a lot about him this season, but uh, he's still putting together pretty solid outings. Uh, last time out this week, you know, the walks kind of came back to haunt him. He walked five batters against uh, Gwinnett. But struck out seven, got through five and two thirds. I think the, the the biggest thing that I'm noticing now between like Indianapolis Jared Jones and Altoona Jared Jones is you're seeing a little mm-hmm. more length. Mm-hmm. So like in Altoona, it was a lot of four inning games, and it seems like at least here in Indy, he's he's for the most part he's going five, and then sometimes he's going you know six. So he's he's bumping up the length a little bit more. Obviously, if you're going to call him up to the majors, you want him to be able to go past six innings. Like you don't want six innings to kind of be his, his limit. He's only gone past six innings one time this season. So I think that's the main thing to watch now with Jared Jones is just building up his stamina, building him up so that he can, he can go deeper in games. Cause uh, the, the stuff and everything, like he seems pretty, pretty ready. At this point, like you, you could probably call up Jared Jones right now and get four solid innings out of him, you know, if you needed it. But yeah, I, I think you still, you still want to see him go deeper into games before you're ready to say, okay, you're ready for a big league rotation. I'm with you. The results, when you look at like numbers wise, hasn't been like great in Indy, uh, 4.5 ERA, but. The underlying numbers suggest he's actually pitching pretty well. And like, look at the FIP. It's a 3.52 FIP. And that even includes his last start, like you mentioned. Um, you know, and again, for the most part, the walks have been in line. The strikeout's still there. So, like, you're still seeing good stuff from Jared Jones. Uh, like, again, as mentioned, though, the results haven't looked that sexy for him. Um, but you're right. Like, I like what I see out of Jared Jones. He's kind of come out of, I don't want to say nowhere, but, like, you weren't tracking for him to be a piece that you're intrigued with, with the rotation. I think a lot of us kind of penciled him as maybe like a, a back end reliever, like a really, really good one. Almost like what Bajinski's doing right now. Mm-hmm. And, and now that he's done this, I mean, I think this is a huge W for the pirates. If he tracks, it becomes part of this rotation for the future. So um, yeah, looking at him still doing pretty de- decent in a uh, triple a 
And uh, I guess like looking at innings wise too, right. You talked about the four innings and access, like one of our talks, it looked like it was maybe developmental, you know, like it wasn't like he was going four and giving up four or five, like he was going four, giving up zero or one. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, why is he going just four innings? Mm-hmm. So that's starting to come. Uh, he's at like almost 90 innings down the season. He pitched 122 last year. So like, it's not even like they're trying to limit cause he's never gone this deep before. Um, so I'm not sure, but yeah, AAA, he's actually, it's not like four is the ceiling four is like the baseline as far as inning pitch at this point. And, uh, I'm excited for Jared Jones. Yeah, I am too. Uh, the stuff is very, very enticing. And we knew that kind of since he was drafted, the stuff's always been really good. The question was always, yeah, can he stick as a starter? Uh, and he's showing that he, he might be able to do that. Anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Cool, we're good. Cool. I will say this. Uh, Pit City What in the comments here uh, mentions Paul Skeens. Paul Skeens yeah. um, is slated to um, make his pro debut in the Complex League sometime probably in the next week. So by this time next week, we'll probably have one Paul Skeens pro uh, baseball game, I would imagine. That's a good point, Rob. He had a bullpen session yesterday, I think, right? They said, and then he was going to pitch this upcoming week. Bullpen session, and uh, and along those same lines, Hunter Barco. Hunter Barco also made his pro debut yesterday. He only threw two thirds of an inning, but struck out two, walked two, uh, but that was his that was his debut. Cool, cool, cool. All right, then uh, I guess I'll wrap up the prospect talk. Let's get into the actual series upcoming. Jim, guess what? What? It's a four-game series against the Braves. Which one am I going to forget this year? Seems like a lot of games, too, against uh, of a really, really good Braves team. It's going to be it's going to be a nice uh, – I mean, we, we know where the Pirates are at, but yeah. can, can the young guys keep up with, with the Atlanta Braves? I'm interested tonight. Spencer Strider goes tonight. I don't know if we've seen Strider pitch yet, have we, against the Pirates? Um, Not that I recall. Yeah, I I know he hasn't pitched against them this year. Looking at last year, there was one start last year mm, where he okay. struck out eight in five and two-thirds. So um, that's kind of I'm, – I'm curious to see the strikeout numbers, especially with how the Pirates have been uh, have been going down lately. Um I, I, you know, this has all the makings of like a 12 strikeout performance for Spencer Strider. Um, but hopefully, low, the Pirates, huh? hopefully the Pirates can, can kind of get over that. Cause he still hasn't been quite as dominant this year as he was in his rookie season last year. Uh, you know, the numbers he's given up, he's given up more runs, uh, but he's still a really good pitcher, really, really good pitcher. Uh, and the Pirates are going to have a battle, especially with all the young bats in their lineup. Like five through nine, basically, are all rookies at this point. It's going to be a big test for them this uh, this week. Yeah, I I, hint, I I felt like you hinted the word measuring stick in what you were saying. Um, yeah, they're good, and <laughs> um, you know, like <laughs> I don't know, this is like the measuring stick. Uh, they're probably going to lose this series let's just say hey, it. the, the, you take the Braves two of these, offense is the best in but baseball you take, you take two of these though and you're feeling really good about yourself yeah yeah of course of course but i think like what you're saying is yeah like this is a test and because we talked about all the second half stuff uh what we want to see this is it's gonna be a good start to that so right like do the rookie stuff and andy has he turned on yesterday we had three hits right big home run such he was struggling for a bit. Andy, Andy. Henry Davis was struggling for a bit, had a home run, and didn't do much yesterday as well. But he's hitting the ball very, very hard. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like like you're getting good pitching um, in this series as well. Max is coming back. Uh, did he already make a start? He has. Yeah, Max Freed has made. He did then. He made his first he, start this weekend, was it? Yeah, yeah okay. August 4th. And so, I mean, he's six scoreless, eight strikeouts. 
So like he's coming back off the IL, really, really good pitcher. Like you say, Strider right now. So they have good pitching. It's a good, good lineup. So it's going to test the, like you mentioned the, the arms that we talked about. It's Mitch Keller going to come back and pitch strong against them. So yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Again, this is like where it starts right now. You're facing one of the best teams in the National League and best teams in baseball. Um, and how they're going to compare. Now, the thing I'm really looking forward to as well, I guess you Ronald Acuna Jr. again. This, this is one of the things, you know, there was a lot of teasing about the Pirates, about, you know, hey, come get tickets because Ellie De La Cruz is coming into town. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, this is Ronald Acuna, and he's having an historical type season. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of like looking at this like, hey, I get to see Ronald Acuna Jr. as well. Yeah, I mean, if you're just like a fan of baseball in general, like there's a lot of players on the Braves that you just, you've got to just enjoy watching. Like I said, I mentioned Strider, one of the more fun pitchers I feel like to watch in baseball. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., you mentioned his season right now, incredible. Uh, 53 stolen bases on the year, 25 homers. He's going to at least be 30 30. Uh, for the second time of his career, he's got a possibility to be 40-40, uh, really. He's got a possibility of 40-80. <laughs> like, he, uh, he's your front runner for National League MVP at this point. As long as he just stays on the field, he's probably got that locked up. He's having just an incredible, incredible season. And, and just one of those guys where you, know, you can, this is his sixth year in the majors, and you can kind of already see, like, Probably a future Hall of Famer, Ronald Acuna Jr. So anytime one of those guys comes into town, you know it's it's, it's worth it's worth going to see. It is. I'm, I think he right now he's the MVP of the league. It's I don't want to say it's not close, but he's the MVP of the league. But what's just kind of ridiculous is there was another guy in talks about being the MVP of the league. And that was our catcher and Sean Murphy. They also have you know Matt Olson on the team who has. 39 home runs who only replaced Freddie Freeman, who's maybe also an MVP type player uh, now with the Dodgers. It's just like this, this, this Braves team is just ridiculous. This whole organization is just ridiculous. I'm jealous. One through five is just really good. This lineup, Um, Acuna, Albies, Riley, Olsen, Murphy. Then you roll into Marcel Azuna, um, who, you know, is kind of up and down, but he's he's hitting the ball pretty well this year. Yeah. Uh, and, and then just the bottom, the, a month ago. and then the bottom of their order are still just like really good player. Like Eddie Rosario is their number seven hitter, and he's just a consistent major leaguer. Like Orlando Arcia, decent decent player. Uh, Michael Harris is second. Uh, rounding things off, you know, in the nine hole. Um, he started off the season, you know, a little rough, but he's really turned it on too. So, yeah, this is a really, really, really good baseball team. Pirates pitchers are going to have their hands full. Um, if there is a weakness to this team, it's, you know, they're pitching. They, they do face Yanni Chirinos on Tuesday. Um, like we did mention Max Freed, he's really good, but he did just come off the IL. So maybe he's a little bit rusty. Uh, and then they get Bryce elder on Thursday where, you know, if you had to pick someone to face in this rotation uh, outside of, you know, like if you had to pick between him and Morton, you know, you're probably, you're probably going Bryce elder there, but it's going to be a tough battle. For this team, uh, like I said, we're probably going to see a lot of strikeouts at least on Monday night for sure. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I kind of like seeing good teams. You, you never know with baseball. Like the the Pirates have kind of shown in the past to really step up when like the stage is higher. Like when they play the Dodgers, they just seem to play really well. So maybe we see the same thing with the Braves. Who knows? Um, it would it would be it would be a great series to at least come away with a split. If they're able to win this series somehow, then yeah, that's you you love that. That would be huge. How fun of a show that would make <laughs> sometime this week. Yeah, yeah, you'd love you'd love to see that. Right. 
But no, I'm with you, man. It's going to be a very, very good game. They're a very, very good. Well, I should say a good game. Uh, it's, it's a very, very good team. Hopefully they have some good games. But at any rate, the young guys, for the most part, are all here. This is going to be fun for them, I'm sure, too. Let's Good matchups. Let's see how they perform. Um, and I guess, too, like the endy behind the plate thing, right? Just... I don't know, man. I, I know again, seven and five are we joke about, but like mm-hmm. just just seeing how he's gonna do against his team, how he's gonna handle the pitching going forward. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for Andy Rodriguez right now. I just really Yeah. Am. No, and, and we should be. Uh we should be excited about these young guys who who are going to be playing a part in this team's future and that and Andy Rodriguez is certainly one of those guys. Right. So. Cool, cool. If you're going to give a prediction, what's your prediction for this series? Ooh, you know what? I, uh, I'm i going to say they split. I'm going to say they split the series. Yeah. Positive Jim on a Monday let's, morning. Let's do it. Let's what a week. It. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to say the same thing then. Let's go for the split. Let's, let's, let's split with the Atlanta Braves. Sound we have good? Priester pitching on Wednesday, which means we're going to score like 10 runs. Actually, I forgot. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, Quinn Priester is pitching. That's the Freed one, right? The matchup with yeah, Freed? Yeah, Max Freed and Quinn Priester. So, so that's like a guaranteed win. Quinn done. Priester doesn't lose. Done. Let's call it a day. It's a split. All I have to do is they just need – there's three games you have to find a way to win one of them because you you got that game in the bag with Quinn yep. Priester. So good Absolutely. deal. All right, Jim. Let's get out of here then. Appreciate everyone for watching. We'll be back again, of course, with the post game tonight and for the remaining three days because it's a four game series I won't forget about. So we'll see you then. Bye bye. See you all. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video, and subscribe to the page. It helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.